often think about the things that make life easier. The inventions that have become such an important part of our world that I couldn't even imagine how we ever lived without them. Like your phone, where you may be listening to this podcast right now. And who are the people that are responsible for them? Research is inspired by curiosity. How does something work or why? Can we change it if needed? As a Carnegie R1 institution, or you may have heard people refer to it as a tier one, Texas Tech faculty are facilitating some of the top research in the country. Over the last few years, Texas Tech has had a record number of proposal submissions and awards. The university as a whole is up 35% in federal awards from this time two years ago. It's likely that the university will exceed $40 million in total federal expenditures for the first time in school history. All of these metrics matter to the strength and success of the research enterprise at Texas Tech, but they're not why we're telling this story. This season is about going beyond the research, to learn more about the people conducting it and why. We want to know more about what inspires them about their work, why they're motivated to create change. All right, well, we'll have the members of Congress as they make their way over here to the podium. Uh, so proud to be from the food, fuel, and fiber capital of the world, West Texas, God's country. Congressman and Texas Tech grad Jody Arrington uses that phrase a lot. Food, fiber, fuel. He's right, too, besides the obvious king. Amarillo by morning. Agriculture sits on the throne of West Texas, and members of the Western Caucus know that. It's why they're here on the Texas Tech campus, at this current moment, taking a tour of the Animal and Food Sciences Building. Jody refers to the woman and the men on either side of him as the champions of rural America. I come from the 13th Congressional District is what I represent now up in Amarillo, which is the number one ag district in the state of Texas. And if you're going to thrive in one of the top agriculture districts in the state, you need a university that embodies that, that creates the next generation of champions in more ways than one. Our Texas Tech meat judging team has brought home its third consecutive national championship. In the world of meat judging, there are few schools that rule the roost, as they say. And at the very top of that list for the last few decades, you guessed it, it's tech. Um, champion, you have to build a bigger building just to, just to have all the banners for all your national championships that are sitting here. But this building stands alone on the west side of campus, tucked into a plot of land near the United Supermarkets Arena. And if you've ever driven by, you'd remember it. Two larger-than-life bull statues stand like relics at one of the building's entrances. We enter around the back by Raider Red Meats. We keep walking and find ourselves staring at rows and rows and still more rows of gold-plated wooden plaques and trophies inside a floor-to-ceiling glass case that extends the length of the hallway. Horse judging, bull judging, meat judging. Even if this was all that documented the decades of superior excellence. But it's not. It's only a portion of the trophies that tell the story of where this college has been, of where it's going. The college, known as the Davis College, was renamed in January of 2022, following the largest single investment in Texas Tech history by Joyce and Gordon Davis, who's a former faculty member and coach of the meat judging team. As we walk by the national championship banners up the staircase, we find the person we're here to meet. Um, my name is Mindy Brashears. Mindy Brashears office reads like a storyboard of her life. Dozens of Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts line the bookshelves alongside thick, hardcover books dedicated to all things agriculture. Framed pictures cover her desk and walls, including one inside a shadow box. 
It reads in thin black Sharpie, Mindy, thanks for your service. You've made a difference in feeding America. It's signed by Sonny Perdue, the former United States Secretary of Agriculture. First of all, I grew up on a farm, so I love agriculture. Uh, it's, it's at the core of who I am, and so never did I dream I would be serving in D.C. as, you know, the highest ranking female in agriculture. You know, that was But like, that's where she found herself. Her investment in the region has been in her blood since the very beginning. She is West Texas, fighting for West Texas. When I was in D.C., a lot of people who make decisions know nothing about ag, and they're sitting in positions that make important decisions. Her road to D.C. was predetermined by the steps she took leading up to that point, including the development of a probiotic that would prove revolutionary in food safety. But growing up, Mindy always knew she'd go to med school, and she was on track to do that here at Tech. I got a scholarship from the Houston Livestock Show, and it required you to major in ag at the time. And I was like, well, I'll go into animal science, animal science, biology. That's kind of needless to say, she made the right choice. I was like, I'll do that for a couple of years and then I'll find I'll I'll change majors. Well, um, as you can see, I'm still here. (laughs) She got her undergraduate degree at Tech, her master's and Ph.D. from Oklahoma State and started working at the University of Nebraska in 1997. This hearing of the Subcommittee on Biotechnology, Horticulture and Research will come to order. In 2015, Mindy addressed the House of Representatives at a subcommittee hearing. August 13th, 1997 was a very significant day in my life. Not only was it my first day on the job as an assistant professor at the University of Nebraska, it was also the day of the Hudson Foods ground beef 25 million pound recall due to E. coli 0157H7 contamination, which was at the time the largest recall in U.S. history. That moment had an enormous impact on her. The problem was clear, and Mindy wanted to do something about it. So she did. Over the next few years, she would pour herself into developing antimicrobial drug resistance and animal feeding systems. When these probiotics are administered to cattle, it can significantly decrease the likelihood of that animal developing E. coli and salmonella. It's been commercialized and, you know, over 50% of the industry uses this and it kills E. coli before the cattle go to market. So that's one of the big things. Um, I summarize it in a few seconds, but that was, you know, 10 to 12 years of my career that I spent uh, doing that. This invention is important for a lot of different reasons. It protects the animals and it protects the consumers. Mindy's focus on food safety is what landed her in Washington to begin with, but it's also made her a leader in her field, discovering new, more functional ways of protecting livestock. You see, most cattle ranchers and livestock producers take proactive measures to ensure that they're growing healthy cattle and delivering a safe product for distribution. It's imperative to people like Mindy and her colleague in the Davis College, Tate Corliss. We're 90% student-run, from animal handling to delivering it to the customer. For nearly 10 years, Tate has been the director of Raider Red Meats, but his background in the program dates back to his days as a student. It wasn't quite to the level where it was at. Um, when, when I came through, it was you know kind of more on that traditional side. Obviously, we still sold products, but it wasn't, again, to that scale. The business side of things has grown a lot. But at its heart, at its medium-rare core, it's still all about the students. I came through the programs on the meat judging team here, and then um, got my master's at Texas Tech, and then got the opportunity to come back, and I did. To get to Tate's office, you walk past more glass cases garnering the trophies from past judging teams. 
His black hat features a leather patch stamped with the Raider Red Meats logo to match the one sewn onto a shirt. The bookshelf behind him is packed full of seasonings, rubs, barbecue sauces, miniature cotton bales, coffee mugs, and awards. What Tate's doing isn't exactly research, but it's one of the best examples of a product developed on campus with widespread distribution. Simply put, Raider Red Meats is a brand, and it's also our meat lab, and, and it's our students. It's our ex- piece of our experiential learning here in the animal and food science department. And um, it's a business model for those students to learn and interact in, so to better prepare them uh, for the industry. Our business model focuses around student interaction and a high-quality, high-end product. Tate says that from harvest to the hands of the customers, Raider Red Meats is different than meat labs at other universities. Thank you. You're welcome. Whether that's a chef as part of our food service business, or whether it's a walk-up customer who comes up here, or dealing with a customer on the phone, and the email. So all of our customer service interface is done with students. Whether we're talking packaging, cutting, mixing, grinding, we're talking about sausages and different things like that. They're involved in every piece of it. As the business model has grown, they've expanded the product lineup. Jerkies, snack sticks, rubs, sauces, seasonings. Tate is really connected with these students. He riddles off names of former student success stories, ambassadors of the program who have gone into the corporate world and succeeded at a high level. I have um, recent graduates and past graduates that'll just call me and say, man, it was so easy to jump in with blank company and they're using the same program we were using. And then I've had employers call me and say, hey, I need six more just like Jeremy just like Stephanie. She was awesome. I got to get more like this. And so, um, and to me, that's just, it's super humbling, super rewarding for me to hear that. Um, I get to see that impact on a daily basis. And, and uh, it, again, it's just very, very rewarding what I get to do. Proceeds from Raider Red Meats go directly back to the program for equipment, facilities, employing students. But at the end of the year, money that's left over goes into a scholarship endowment for students within the Davis College. I had the opportunity to sit on that first board where we gave away the first scholarship and you know, just imagining the blood, sweat, and tears that went into to that first scholarship, uh, uh, really rewarding, and we've been, we've been super fortunate. That's a great feeling. It is. Following the pandemic, the demand for online sales skyrocketed. So Tate is focused on that while maintaining contracts with United, Outdoor Chef, The Bent Nail, and others, including venues outside of Lubbock, like the Turkey Hotel in Turkey, Texas. The future is bright for this business. So much of what happens in this building is created to empower students, to send them out into the workforce a cut above the rest. And if you ask Tate Corliss and his colleague Mindy Brashears, they'll say that's exactly what they're doing. If we can grow more people and get them in D.C., then it's it's really, you know, an amazing thing. I have a really cool story. I got a phone call, and they said, we've hired a chief of staff, and I think you might know her. And I was like, oh, okay, who is it? And they said her name is Shauna Newsom. She was my husband's grad student. <laughs> yeah, so I get emotional thinking about it, but God, I don't know why. I think we can all understand why. Mindy's husband, Todd, is a professor in the Davis College, too, in agricultural education and communications. Shauna was a grad student that he taught and mentored. 
Professors often interact with thousands of students, but they don't always get a chance to see them flourish in the real world. But Mindy and Todd got that experience as up close and personal as possible. And for two women, two Texas Tech graduates representing this region at a national level, that's pretty special. It's a small world. You never know what you're doing might impact you. Ten years later, you know, oh my goodness, I worked with her on food safety projects. Dale Warner's office is just down the hall from Mindy, and a lot of their work overlaps. Dale is an endowed professor in sustainable meat sciences, which includes food safety and the industry as a whole. A lot, a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, at home, uh, my wife uh, and, and young son, I have a 10-year-old son, were very involved in all things 10-year-olds do. Uh, he and his wife met as undergrad students at Tech. Dale is a tall man with a kind face and disposition. We're seated around a small conference table in his office. We actually had to kick out a couple of students in order to do this interview, so I'm sorry about that. Anyway, we're here to talk to Dale about sustainability in agriculture. Yeah, I think sustainability is a buzzword um, that's oftentimes overused or, or used without the appropriate context. Uh, you know, quite literally, sustainability means to perpetuate, to, to keep going. Um, most of the time that involves economics. Dale is attempting to conserve and create sustainable practices in rural agricultural communities. His research is specific to towns that we have all seen, ones that may only attract interstate travelers. These are dots on the map in agricultural regions where crop and cattle production thrive. Those small towns that once were lively now probably include storefronts with boarded up windows, long since closed or production plants that are no longer in use, outdated now with the rapid shift in technological advances. Dale calls these places ghost towns. It's where he's focusing his research. In agriculture, which candidly is the only thing we can't live without, we need small towns, we need rural communities so that agriculture can continue in those areas. And unfortunately, we've seen a diminishing of these communities. it becomes less and less attractive for people to live in a small town when all the amenity leaves. According to Dale, agriculture lives and dies in these small rural towns. They are essential to the makeup and success of the agricultural community. So when they dissipate, what long-term impact does that have on the big picture? Could this damage our ability to produce and distribute food? What is the impact of agriculture in general to a rural environment? But then more specifically, what's the impact when that agriculture leaves? And what does it leave behind? And how do we circumvent that? How do we stop that from happening? These are all really complex questions, and they're ones that may not have immediate answers. But Dale believes that presenting these questions is what can begin the culture shift. His research shows that when individuals leave these small towns and head for the big city, they're moving away from jobs related to agriculture, instead opting for professions in what Dale describes as social programs. And other things that candidly become burdens um, to society, you know, in in terms of financial need or uh, additional health care, all of those things that they've left a community behind because they couldn't be provided with those things. And then that burden is just intensified on the municipalities or the cities or what have you, um, where they're all moving to. But ultimately what we need to do is, is take the data that we capture to demonstrate the magnitude of what's happening 
to go to leaders, to go to politicians, to go to Austin, to go to Washington, D.C. After sharing his findings, Dale says it's time to create a plan, a 10-year, 20-year, 50-year plan. In the not-so-immediate future, Dale says he's attempting to merge the growing field of technology with the tradition of rural Texas. Looking at robotics uh, for use in the meat industry, facilitating uh, jobs, uh, that's, that's another big thing that's coming. Dale is developing these experiments, researching these trends in real time. It's happening as we produce this podcast. Dale and others in the industry recognize that there is a real sense of urgency here. The one thing we can't live without is food. We have to be focused on food production. If nothing else, water and food is what will sustain us moving forward. If we don't do that in a responsible way, then we'll run ourselves out of resources and out of food. You know, here we sit in 2022, and we talk about 2050 as if that's in someone else's lifetime. But it's not. It's in all of our lifetime. Uh, You know, I'm talking to students who are 18, 19, 20-ish years old in a classroom, and in 2050, they will not yet be 50. And and so they'll very much be in the prime of their life and possibly struggling for water and food. In 2019, a government report stated that because of an increase in population and a decrease in rainfall, It's estimated that parts of the United States, including this region, will suffer from extreme water shortages by 2050. This is very real to all of us, uh, very much within the reach of our lifespan. I don't think anybody would argue with you that the security of our future water resources is crucial. This is Rusty Smith. He's the director of the Texas Produced Water Consortium. He's one of the people spearheading efforts at a state level to find a solution to the water shortage. It's really not until we find ourselves in times of crisis when the lights don't come on, when the water doesn't come out of the faucet, that we start to really hone in on the reality of of how big that problem will be. That's coming up next time on Fearless. Fearless is produced by the Office of Communications and Marketing in collaboration with the Office of Research and Innovation. It's written and hosted by me, Taylor Peters, and co-produced by Allison Hearth. Editing and sound design by Thomas Boyd. Fearless is a Texas Tech production. From here, it's possible. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about the characters that you met today or see photos from interviews, log on to our website at today.ttu.edu fearless. And as always, please like, review, and subscribe.